0: everyone. It is another day of God's grace, and you have found Altar Echo, and that makes me very happy. This is Pastor Andy Smith, St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Let's come into the presence of God together and join our faith. Well, hello, everyone. It is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. Wherever you're accessing this podcast from, whether you are in the hotel room, between a couple of tournament games or maybe even sitting in the airport waiting for your plane to take off or maybe you're in the plane getting those last seconds before you have to turn it on to airplane mode. (laughs) Wherever you are, I'm just glad you found us and I'm glad that we're together in spirit. One of the beauties of having a faith is that faith allows us to truly trust and know that we are together across the miles, across the world, because the Holy Spirit binds us together. That's just a, it's an exciting part of faith. I don't know if people really understand the excitement over that. I just have this sense, and particularly as I've grown older, that I'm much more connected to people than I ever knew I was because our faith connects us, but it's the Holy Spirit's activity that is binding us together. And that's mysterious, but that's really the beauty and the exciting part about living in faith. So, anyway, I just want to say thanks to, for being here. This weekend, I really sense that we need each other this weekend as much or more than we ever have. I'm sitting here in a fishbowl in the Minneapolis St. Paul metro area. Just 10 miles up the road from me, the Derek Chauvin trial is taking place as we speak. I'm taping this on Thursday, so it truly is as we speak. And then another 10 miles up the road from that is Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, where Dante Wright was killed this week and where protests have been happening every single night and will again tonight and tomorrow night, and I'm sure for the foreseeable future. This is a fraught time, everyone. And I hope, that, I hope that you're praying for us here in the Twin Cities, but I hope that we're all praying for each other in the world because this is a worldwide thing. And it does feel like this is a time when maybe some things will come to a head in a different way. We hope that they come to a head in a good way and that we can find some redemption out of this and come together and get over some gigantic mountain of trouble and strife and division that we are experiencing. We just have to have it. Our our need as human beings to come to a, a place of reconciliation is so strong, but it's a mountain, and we know it's ahead of us. So at any rate, let's pray together that we are coming into a time When something new is being birthed, we just really ask God to bring that about. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for your love, for your faith, for your care for each other, for all of us together, no matter where we are. Should we get to the text today? We use the narrative lectionary, which means that we move through the Bible as it goes and our gospel, actually not our gospel, our reading today, but it is gospel. It's good news, is from Acts chapter six. So what I'm gonna invite you to do is read the whole thing. Read this whole section. It is all of chapter six. It's the first two verses of chapter seven, and then it skips to verses forty-four to sixty. I'm gonna read a little smaller chunk than that. So let's get at it from Acts, which was written by Luke. This is the continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Acts chapter 6, starting at verse, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the message version of the Bible today because it does bring a different energy to this. Here's what it says. During this time, as the disciples were increasing in numbers by leaps and bounds, hard feelings developed among the Greek-speaking believers, Hellenists, toward the Hebrew-speaking believers, because their widows were being discriminated against in the daily food lines. So the twelve called a meeting of the disciples. They said, It wouldn't be right for us to abandon our responsibilities for preaching and teaching the word of God to help with the care of the poor. So, friends, choose seven men from among you whom everyone trusts, men full of the Holy Spirit and good sense, and we'll assign them this task. Meanwhile, we will stick to our assigned tasks of prayer and speaking God's word. The congregation thought this was a great idea, so they went ahead and chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. Then they presented them to the apostles. Praying, the apostles laid on hands and commissioned them for their task. The word of God prospered. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased dramatically. Not least a great many priests submitted themselves to the faith. Stephen, brimming with God's grace and energy, was doing wonderful things among the people, unmistakable signs that God was among them. But then some men from the meeting place, whose membership was made up of freed slaves and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and and some other, other people from Cilicia and Asia, went up against him, trying to argue him down. But they were no match for his wisdom and spirit when he spoke. So in secret, they bribed men to lie. We heard him cursing Moses and God. Well, that stirred up the people and the religious leaders and the religious scholars. They grabbed Stephen and took him before the high council. They put forward their bribed witnesses to testify. This man talks nonstop about the holy place and God's law. We even heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth would tear this place down and throw out all the customs Moses gave us. As all those who sat on the high council looked at Stephen, they found they couldn't take their eyes off him. His face was like the face of an angel. So Stephen said, And you continue, you bullheaded, calluses on your hearts, flaps on your ears, deliberately ignoring the Holy Spirit. You're just like your ancestors. Was there ever a prophet who didn't get the same treatment? Your ancestors even killed those who dared talk about the coming of the just and righteous one. And you've kept up the family tradition, traitors and murderers, all of you. You had God's law handed to you by angels, gift-wrapped, and you squandered it. At that point, they went wild, a rioting mob of catcalls and whistles and invective. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, hardly noticed. He only had eyes for God, whom he saw in all his glory with Jesus standing at his side. He said, Oh, I see heaven wide open, and the Son of Man standing at God's side. Yelling and hissing, the mob drowned him out. Now, in full stampede, they dragged him out of town and pelted him with rocks. The ringleaders took off their coats and asked a young man named Saul to watch them. As the rocks rained down, Stephen prayed, Master, Jesus, take my life. Then he knelt down, praying loud enough for everyone to hear, Master, don't blame them for this sin. His last words. Then he died. And Saul was right there congratulating the killers everyone this is the word of the lord thanks be to god well i'm going to shuffle some papers here this is quite a story and you probably know this story remember the stoning of stephen so let's let that be our background and let's let's come into the word and presence of god and uh and think on it a bit let's pray lord jesus you were crucified for our sins and for the salvation of the world. You told us that new life would occur for you on the third day. Indeed, on the third day, you rose again, powerfully alive, after having been dead. In this moment, Lord, teach us what it means to wait for your power to give us new life. We pray all this with deep Easter faith and with the hope you've given us. Through your name, Jesus Christ, amen. All right, I'm going to look at my watch right now. It is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. Actually, it's Thursday, (laughs) the 15th, when I'm recording this, but this is for Sunday. Okay, April eighteenth, 2021 Easter was exactly two weeks ago What do we do As people who live After Easter Whether it's after Easter two weeks ago Or after Easter 2,000 years ago Do we Do you consider Easter Something that happened about 2,000 years ago But From which we now are that far removed Is that where your perspective is? If that's true, Easter from 30 AD was just a one-and-done thing, that long ago. Jesus was murdered on a Friday, which they counted, the Israelites counted as day one, and which people thought would finally be the end of him, day one of his death. After dealing for three years with his unique faith and the gathering of disciples and the promoting of a gospel that went beyond the promises of Jewish faith. But to everyone's surprise, since the gospels are clear that really no one thought his predictions of his rising from the dead would actually come to fruition, God raised him from the dead on a Sunday which they counted as day three. Maybe you know this. Maybe not. But Jewish people understood that a person was finally fully dead on day three after having died. That is the significance of Jesus rising on day three. He was fully dead at day three. And then he was raised up in a brand new life, a resurrection. He was ashes to ashes, dust to dust, dead. And God breathed brand new life into him. Everybody, this is this is Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, in the second story, the second creation story of the Bible, which says, Then, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. You can see the picture, can't you? But my question is, did this only happen about 2,000 years ago to Jesus? Is this what we believe? The answer is a resounding no So what do we do as people then who live after Easter right now in 2021? You know what the answer is? The answer is we believe in every way that the risen Christ is still fully alive and in fact is moving in the world and in fact is moving in your life and is stooping down to gather the dust of everything that has died in our actual lives and is breathing into the nostrils of those deaths the breath of new life, the breath of new life. I have family members who have lost career jobs during this pandemic. So do you, perhaps. Those jobs have died. And they are, in many cases, my family members are, and others are, frantic on the inside, wondering if their careers will be resurrected. The past two weeks since our Easter celebration have been horrific. The Derek Chauvin trial that I just talked about earlier, and the pain of the death of George Floyd and the raw racial strife, in my very own metro community here, but where you are too, from last summer all the way until today. And then the killing of Dante right on top of it. We can't bury our heads in the sand and try to ignore this. The wounds, the racial pain, the inner rage of some people in our society who still justifiably feel targeted. It's all so raw. Has people's hope for any kind of reconciliation between people died? What do you think? Or for justice and truth? Or even for any shred or glint of peace? Or for a true new way to come about? Not just thoughts and prayers? Has all of the hope for that died? Our nerves are frayed. Our thoughts are all over the place. This feels like heaping pain on pain after a year of COVID and so many other kinds of strife that have polarized people. Is there hope for the risen Christ to scoop up this dust and breathe the breath of new life into it? What should we as Easter people be doing to be and remain hopeful and to be people of trust and faith in the God of resurrection? I do believe a lot of people of faith are really asking this question if they haven't already thrown in the towel and decided to just hunker down with their own hardened opinions and maybe even bitterness over all this. COVID is dragging on. Kids are being sent home by the dozens right here, at least in, in my area, to quarantine from school. Vaccinations are happening, happening vigorously, but some still don't want to trust them. All of us are in pandemic fatigue, impatiently chopping at the bit to return to some normal feeling activity. Are we at the end of our ropes? and is what composure we may have left fading to dust also. As people after Easter in 2021, what are we to do? Hmm? Well, what does our faith teach us? How are we to approach all these Fridays in our lives that aren't the Fridays of the beginning of our weekend but the Good Fridays that have seemed to put a lot of things to death in our very real days and lives. Is there a glory and a grandeur to God in God's Word and in the story of our faith that is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago? Well, the answer to that is yes. And it is an emphatic yes. The story today from Acts 6 and 7. Read the whole thing by yourself after this. It was a long one. It's about the very beginnings of the first Christian community and church. They endured the hell of society around them, persecuting them targeting and killing them, in fact, Stephen included, to try to exterminate them, just like they tried to exterminate Jesus. It really was a continuation, dramatically, of Good Friday. But the first Christians didn't throw in the towel. They did not retreat to hopelessness or to their own polarization and internal civil war. Together, No, they prayed to the Holy Spirit of the risen Christ and asked for continued strength to do three things. One, to trust that the power of Jesus' resurrection was real and would breathe new life, Easter life, continually into them. Two, that they would specifically serve one another in graceful, loving hope-filled ways, and three, that they would never shrink back from being out in the world proclaiming the gospel of the risen Christ, the gospel of new life, being breathed into the world, into people's lives forever. They understood that it may feel like Friday, but Sunday's coming. What I want you to do after we're done here is to go to my website, www.sjlcl.org. That's the St. John's Lutheran website. And find the Easter toolkit. Click on it. Scroll down to April 18th and you're going to see the poem. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Read that famous poem for today as well. I'll put it in the description of this podcast this week also. So what about you? Does your faith actively trust that the glory and grandeur of God is that God is right with us in our Good Fridays? And that, in fact, God is down in the dust of those Good Fridays, gathering it all together and breathing the breath of new life into you and into us and into our broken world. And he is pulling us toward Sunday toward our own Easter's, toward resurrection? Can you set yourself down where you are right now and then wait three days or wait for however long it takes for God to work in the dust of the dyings around us and breathe new life into them? Can you believe in the power of Easter even now, even still? Is your faith there? Listen to this last little story. It's a story about the flower lady. A man was walking down the street, and he passed the lady who sold flowers. She was old and wrinkled, but her face was alive with joy. As he stooped to buy a small bouquet, the man said, "'You certainly look happy this morning.' She responded cheerily, "'Why not? Everything is good.'" The man noticed how shabbily she was dressed. He knew she must be very poor. He noted how frail she seemed. So he said, don't, "'Don't you have any troubles?' "'Well, you can't reach my age,' she replied, "'not have any troubles. "'Only it's like Jesus and Good Friday,' she said. "'When Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, "'that was the worst day for the whole world. "'Then three days later,' Easter, he rose again. So when things go wrong, I've learned to wait for three days and give God a chance. Somehow things always get better. And she smiled at the man as she waved goodbye. I've learned to wait three days and give God a chance. (laughs) Today, like the first Christians in Acts, our job is to keep waiting. But it's not empty waiting. It's waiting with faith, trusting the risen Christ, praying for God to hold on to us, and praying when things go wrong that God is breathing new life into us. It is giving God a chance. We are Easter people of the Easter God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button, and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.